Okay, the timestamp is January 20. We're recording at 10 a.m. Eastern time. It's layer two conversation, uh, lesson 2.3 with Nick and Ruth. Three, two, one. Hello, beautiful foot nerds, and welcome back. Today is a layer two conversation between Nick and Ruth, that's me. And we are gonna unpack and talk about feet today um we welcome you back to a layer two conversation we hope you're doing great we hope you're digging in and we hope you're getting a lot of out out of your lessons so far today i'm gonna i'm gonna talk with nick about why he is compelled to speak about feet in the simplest way possible and this is a very interesting conversation for me because i have a tendency to want to complicate it not complicate it but i want to like get into the nitty-gritty and just to start us off I have noticed that when I get into the nitty gritty, I spend more time thinking about the feet than actually doing stuff with the feet. So uh, that's one that's one observation I have. But let's, uh, Nikki Pop, can you start us off on talking about your evolution um, from the beginning and like why is it that we want to come to a more simple and elegant way of talking about feet? Yeah, sure thing. So I've been talking about feet for a long time. Um, and over the years of talking to feet, talking about feet and thinking, <laughs> talking to feet, <laughs> um, over the years of talking about feet and fielding a lot of questions, both kind of in person, you know, like I drove around a sprinter van that said foot rescue vehicle. Like all my neighbors are like, Hey, I got problems with my feet. Like I just, I field a lot of questions. Uh, wait, wait, wait a second. Wait, you drove your, your van said what? Yeah, like on the foot side of it? Foot, well, on the back, it said, unfuck your feet. And then on the side, it said, foot rescue vehicle. This is <laughs> no I, way. Yeah. Uh, that van is since sold. So I no longer drive that van around. But um, it was a really good excuse for people to just randomly come up to me and say, hey, my, my feet hurt. What do I do? So regardless, I've, I've tried to, my best to answer a lot of people's questions about feet. And so over time, my perspective on being able to explain foot health in as few words as possible and empowering people to sort of discover their own specifics has sort of been my my aim, right? It's like I went from giving, from asking it, like the physio perspective is to ask a huge amount of questions to deeply understand this person's issue and then give them something highly specific and prescriptive that they can work on. Mm -hmm. So I've had to kind of unwind that mindset because what I realized is like, number one, it's hugely time consuming. Number two, it's fundamentally disempowering, right? I'm telling people specifically what to do instead of giving them some nuggets to be able to apply and discover themselves what they need to do that's best for their body based on where they are at right now and what they want to do, right? There's a lot of variables that probably I don't need to know. And by not knowing them, I actually empower the person to make their own sort of um, educated decisions on what they should do. So, um, so now my goal is to give someone principles so that they can understand how the body adapts and then plug in their own life and their own issue and issues and their own circumstances into that framework so that they can discover what's best for them. And so it really is a reversion back to first principles and trying to articulate, you know, it's kind of, it's the same reason why in our foot and ankle health kit, we spend a lot of time focusing on principles and give templates for experiments, but try and give people, you know, just enough information that they feel confident that they can then pursue their own path of inquiry instead of mm -hmm. just relying on us to tell them what to do. So the three first principles, I want to reiterate them because these are the things I try to focus on when I, when I answer questions that um, are asked of me about feet. 
The body's a self-healing system. It knows how to heal itself if we give it the right inputs. The body is a self-organizing system of systems. And we probably don't even have to say of systems, just a self-organizing system, which means that it knows how to organize itself optimally. It doesn't need us to overthink it. And then the last one is the said principle, which, you know, I articulate as the body adapts specifically to the demands that we place on it. So the inputs we provide it specifically determine the outputs. What I mean by that is like the input and the output are very tightly coupled. Um, and so the more I focus on principles and heuristics when I give advice, the more applicable they tend to be to whoever I'm speaking with, regardless of their specific problem and their specific situation. And so if people understand how adaptations occur, they can decide what adaptations do I want to occur, which usually are, you know, start with simple things like I want less pain. I want to be able to do more. I want to run further without foot pain, all that kind of stuff. Then they can start to determine their own specifics. And if they need help, then I'll help them. But, you know, we've talked about the tree of understanding and how when we stick to trunks and branches, we empower people to discover their own leaves through mindful exploration and experimentation and that data mm -hmm. that they collect firsthand self-directed is going to be way more powerful than anything I could ever tell them. And so really when it comes to foot health, there's only two things you need to focus on based on those principles. Number I'm one, listening. I'm listening. Number one, the environment, which is primarily footwear, the direct environment that um, surrounds your foot. Mm -hmm. And then number two is giving your body and specifically your feet natural movement inputs. So if people just focus on those two things, the footwear they wear and the movement inputs they provide their bodies and their feet, natural foot function will restore itself over time. And, you know, maybe it's worth noting what, how do I define natural foot function? I define it as strong, well-organized, mobile, resilient, stable feet that can handle any challenge productively and support the body above it. So mm. if people just focus on the environment, which is footwear and natural movement inputs, they will restore natural foot function if they are patient enough and consistent enough. And that's it. That's like everything I've learned in all of physio school and in five years of nerding out on feet and continuing to kind of like really take an active uh, approach with my own foot health and seeing like, what are the limits of how strong I can get my feet? What are the limits of how much my feet can tolerate in terms of like temperature extremes or textures or all that kind of stuff? Everything I've learned to date really boils down to those two things. Wear the right kind of footwear, give your body natural movement inputs, you're gonna have great feet. And any other complications I get told to you are literally coming from people who may not understand the fundamental overarching principles, or might have a financial interest in being the people you must go to for advice. So those, that's kind of like my, uh, my pitch. Okay, I, ha I, have a, I have a bunch of questions. I don't okay. obviously want to overwhelm you, but maybe I could okay. give you the questions and then you can pick and choose where you want to go from there. Can we do maybe do that? That sounds great. Okay. So first question is like, why do you think that we like the foot nerds? I mean, it's in the name, of course, and people who are trying to help people with their feet. Why do you think that we have the tendency to want to really unpack every detail about feet? Like we all buy foot models and we try to dig in there and we... We try to understand like how every muscle moves and what, like, why do you think we're compelled to do that? Maybe you want to just answer that question and then, and then I was wondering if we could have an example, like how, okay. So like, 
I don't know if you want me to give you the more questions and then you can just pick them or if you want if you want to just take it one step at a time. Well, I'll grab that nugget first. So okay. the, I don't think there's anything wrong with it with our tendency to be curious, to want to understand every little element of the foot because it is this like magically designed, beautifully engineered structure that's highly complex and we don't appreciate how complex it is. Um, and I, I wouldn't say that understanding all of the anatomy, like the 26 bones, 33 joints, understanding the load vectors that go through the foot, um, understanding the arthrokinematics of all the joint interactions. There's nothing wrong with wanting to know all that, but it is an unlimited depth pool of, of things to know. So the question then becomes like, okay, I can, I have this limited amount of brain energy that I want to devote to <clears throat> understanding something. Do I want to focus on understanding everything for, for the sake of understanding everything, regardless of how much utility there is in that knowledge? Or do I want to know the minimum I need to know in order to achieve my objective, which is probably to obtain, to achieve healthy feet or to help people understand how to achieve healthy feet. And fundamentally, those end up being two very different things, right? In an hour, you can do some first person experiments to see how principles apply to your own body, right? You mobilize your big toe, you improve your big toe mobility. Oh, that's kind of cool. You get to see a practical application. Or you can learn about every joint surface interaction with the great toe, what angles, what vectors that joint is capable of moving at, what are all the ligaments, what are all the capsular patterns of that joint. Like there's so many nitty gritty things. I think our tendency is to think that the more granular we understand something, the more, the more granular we know something, the more it's going to help us understand it. But that oftentimes understanding or, or knowing the granularity, because I think knowing and understanding are different. Knowing is more about memorizing. Understanding is more about being able to explain in many different ways because you actually understand how it works from a functional perspective. I think they're very different. So from a time, uh, from an energy conservation perspective, I personally find it more helpful to learn the principles and then to experiment and apply them and see what lessons you learn from that than to really go so deep into the layers of knowing that you learn things that actually have no tangible value long-term. Um, in terms of practically applying the knowledge to achieve real world results. Um, yeah. Does that answer your question? Yeah. I mean, there's nothing wrong with it and you can, it's just like, why? What I would always yeah. ask is why do you want to learn that? Right. And if someone says, well, if I can picture the joint, then it'll help me understand how to mobilize the joint. Then it's mm -hmm. like, okay, as long as you know the why you're good. But if you can't answer the, you know, why do you want to know every single nugget of anatomy? If you can't mm -hmm. answer that, maybe it's not worth the energy to know all those things. So that's, so from, a, so there's one, one perspective is from a practitioner perspective, someone who is, or a guide, somebody who is, who is helping another person who might want to like feel that the more knowledge that they have, the, the more qualified they are to help that person. So I, I understand personally from that perspective. And then from the person who actually has the feet and is using the feet and the, and the organism itself, I I'm listening to you and I'm thinking, well, okay, I'm doing all those experiments, just taking the, the guidance part out of it as just a human who is like trying to negotiate injuries and stuff. And I realized as you were speaking that I think there's fear in there, right? So I'm trying really hard not to focus so much on the nitty gritty of understanding all the joints and everything. And I realized that the reason why as a user of my feet, I'm afraid that I'm going to injure myself, right? So like, 
it's really hard, even just like as a science person, you know, to like unpack the the little experiments, but then you're like, oh, that did this part doesn't hurt anymore, but now this part does. And if I keep doing this, am I going to hurt myself? You know, like all of a sudden I'm like, wow, I have something in my heel now that my big toe's moving around. And I'm thinking like, oh, it must be on some level just the fear factor that you're going to keep maybe injuring some new part that is working itself out as you're making adjustments and and adaptations to those imposed demands. You know what I mean, Nick? Yeah. And I think it's like the more of the components you know about when it comes to feet, the more things in your brain are available to break. Wait, right? say so, that again. Wait. So the you more, just like... if you know every single joint and every single articular surface, then when you get the tiniest little pain, yeah, you're trying to search in your database of anatomy to say which yes. joint is the problem. Sometimes there is no joint that's the problem. You just did something funky with your foot. The body's going to repair itself. If it came yeah. out of nowhere, it's probably going to go away out of nowhere. And so when we go, when we start to archive and search for certainty in that database mm -hmm. of anatomy, sometimes it's actually wasted energy, right? When right. we might just say like, it's tender here. That feels like a muscle. I think I'll just roll my foot out. Oh, the pain went away. So I didn't mm -hmm. have to spend all this energy trying to search for an answer that probably wasn't even the actual answer, nor did I right. really need to search that hard for it. I just had to know, like, if I use my feet today and do a little bit of maintenance work, I'm probably going to be okay. And so I think, and this, this rubs off oftentimes I see, I, I worked with practitioners like physical therapists that want to know all the stuff. And when they explain it to someone, they regurgitate all the stuff and actually complexify and confuse the shit out of people. When in reality, yeah. it's just like, how have you been using your feet? What kind of shoes do you wear? That's yeah. a way more salient question most of the times than explaining yeah. someone deep anatomy who has no idea what you're talking about. And so sometimes knowing things really on a complex level reduces our ability to explain things to ourselves and to others in simple ways. And so sometimes yeah. that extra anatomy, knowing that knowledge can actually be extra baggage that not only isn't practical, but can actually hinder our ability to understand things at a simple level. So, well, this, this is a good segue into the next conversation, the next question I had, which is kind of about feet and, and their relationship to hips. And that probably there's a good chance that the pain that you're experiencing in that place isn't even like originating from that place. Like there's, you have a whole system, a whole human organism that's moving in different ways and expresses itself. Like the injuries and the pains and the little tweaks express themselves from different origins. So maybe, uh, maybe we wrap up by just talking about feet relating to everything upstream and hips just real quick. Yeah, I like that. And I, I want to touch on, you know, I mentioned that the only two things you need to know are the environment and then natural movement input. So mm -hmm. I'd like to just kind of like double click on those very briefly mm -hmm. and unpack sure. them. But yep. just to back to what you were saying, you know, there's this concept in, in the world of anatomy and physiology called regional interdependence. And it's kind of reflected in this old song that kids learn, like the leg bones connect to the hip bone, da, 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 whatever. Um, everything's connected. <laughs> yeah. So this whole notion that, well, if everything's connected, we can't look at anything in isolation and get really anything meaningful from that. Right. right. Um, and so, yeah, I think we underestimate the 
the effect that our bodies upstream, specifically the hips, the hips, feet and ankle are like this trio of things that are so deeply interwoven, like a piece of rope that's interwoven. If you unwind it, the rope's really weak and it doesn't really do anything. If they're woven together, it's really strong and they all affect each other. And so if you try and look at your ankle mobility problem, independently of what's going on at the foot and the hip above it, it's very hard to actually come to meaningful conclusions that um, give you positive results because you're missing out on 66% of the equation, right? Trying to solve for one variable without having a complete set of variables to work with um, often leads you to the wrong answer. And so, yeah, regional interdependence says that your how your hip functions is directly related to both effects and is affected by your ankle function and your foot function. And so we got to look at the whole parcel. You know, I like to look at the body cut it in half. The lower body system is made up of multiple systems, um, but can be treated as, as its own ecosystem for the sake of simplifying things, right? I, I don't think, I'm, I'm not saying that your ankle mobility is not affected with by your neck, but the level of effect that they have on each other is probably much lower than like the hip and the ankle. And so just mm -hmm. kind of focusing on the most meaningful things, directing our energy there is, tends to be uh, valuable. So yeah, I think we have to look at the whole picture um, and a really easy way to systematically approach this is to start from the ground up, right? Like if you start with the shoes, um, then you oftentimes get some good insights there that can then, you can then build on when you start to look upstream. So when we talk about the environment, uh, we're talking about sort of two elements. Number one is footwear and the four Fs are, are the only thing people need to remember. So, uh, we got flat, foot shaped, flexible, and the last F I've started to, um, write it as feel, which just means like a really thin sole. So flat, foot shaped, flexible, and feel. Those are like the four things you gotta look for in terms of, and, and I call that natural footwear. You know, I don't like the word barefoot shoes cause it's like mm -hmm. literally an oxymoron. So natural footwear, there you go. Something like that. Very simple, allows full mobility of your foot. The goal there with that, with that piece of clothing is protect your foot from damage, cuts, scrapes, glass, whatever, but do nothing else to affect the foot function. So that's kind of element number one of the environment. And then the other element of the environment is sort of like, what is the actual physical environment you're, in, you're interacting with? And I think we have a tendency now to have a low variety of surfaces, like low amounts of angles, low amounts of texture. And we sort of miss out. Those are kind of like nutrients that are, that our feet require from the environment in order to have um, sort of a, a resilient and broad capacity to adapt and deal with challenge. So if you're only walking on super hard flat surfaces, uh, you're probably not going to be exposing your feet and ankles to the right amount of variety from the environment to have an optimal range of, of movement nutrition. So that's the environment, footwear and the actual physical environment that we're in. And then the second one is natural movement inputs. And I think in order to have a body that moves naturally, you must use the body in a natural way. And I think the natural way that our bodies are designed to function is to be moving for the majority of the day, um, specifically loading our body with gravity, right? Loading our feet, loading our hips. And when I say the majority of the day, I don't mean you have to move all day. Like if you're awake for 10 hours, you don't have to move for 10 hours, but more than five hours of that 10, the majority, right? More than 51%, you should be moving in a wide variety of ways. So if you're sitting for 80% of that in one fixed position in a chair, you're probably not going to have a broad enough mo movement um, array to be able to have a body that functions naturally. Okay. So exposing our bodies to uh, and specifically the feet to a wide array of mobility and loading demands. And the loading part is, is a, is an interesting one because when you wear, 
supportive footwear, you're not actually loading your feet. Like even if you're standing against gravity, you're, the load of your foot is being artificially supported. Therefore, your foot should not, a specific adaptation to imposed demand, the imposed demand is artificial support for the arch of your foot. The specific adaptation is your foot has no ability to support itself without the artificial support. And so I think natural movement inputs is load your feet, move your body in a variety of ways for the majority of your waking hours. Um, those are very important things. And so sort of like in conclusion, it's like restoring a natural environment at the feet and using our bodies naturally will restore natural foot function. Everyone's goal is to have naturally functioning feet, which are pain-free, resilient, strong, stable, all the good stuff. Um, wearing footwear that allows for natural foot function and using our biology as, as it's optimized to be used uh, is all we need to do. It's literally that simple. Like how much are you moving? What kind of shoes are you wearing? What kind of environment are you exposing your body to? Um, and you know, this, this fundamental ish notion that if you have foot problems, if you have issues with your feet, it is either caused by footwear or how you're using your body, which are both kind of like sort of the same thing, subcategories of each other. But if you fix those two things and you're patient and you're consistent, you're going to be just fine. You don't have to do any fancy stuff. You don't have to do stuff you don't want to do. You literally just have to clean up your foot environment and expose your body to a wide array of movement. And you're going to have really strong, awesome feet for a lifetime. And if you take care of your feet, your feet will take care of you for the rest of your life. You don't want to be the person like in their seventies that can't walk because their feet hurt because they never took care of their feet. Like that's a, that's not a good move. Um, yeah, that's it. That's it. That's wonderful. Well, I don't want to, I don't want to mess up that conclusion <laughs> i don't think you but can mess it up i do want to say that the whole the natural inputs like i was walking on pavement you know you don't realize how much you walk on flat surfaces and and mm -hmm. i and if you just go two steps over to the grassy area where there's like tree roots and stuff i'm starting to realize like how my body just has a sense of relief like you can't even it's like the body if you listen will just give you the signals and you don't even realize that you're uncomfortable when you walk on flat concrete, you know, untextured surfaces all day long. Boy, oh boy, that, I mean, after so many years of being now, now I'm in the foot nerd program almost two years and I'm still, you know, you still get like these little blind spots. Like why does my body feel kind of just a little off? And then mm -hmm. I just, I'm walking in my little barefoot, you know, my natural footwear. And then even on the concrete, I'm like, something is off. And I go two steps over to the tree roots and I'm like, yes, that's where I'm supposed to be. <laughs> exactly. And like taking the path less trodden sometimes is a great way. Like the other day, we got a huge amount of snow. I put on these like tall boots that I have and I went for a walk and my goal was to not walk anywhere that was plowed. So I literally, there's like a sidewalk perfectly plowed. I look like a weirdo. It's so, <laughs> it's so freaking funny, people, the look that I get from people. So I walked through this like government campus, which is like abandoned right now because there's no no one's working from the offices. Um, and they have like these beautiful, neatly um, shoveled and plowed sidewalks and roads. And I'm like, where has nothing been plowed or, or cleared? And so I'm like trotting through snows like I'm in like the friggin' Arctic taiga and people are just like, dude, there's a sidewalk right here. What, like, what, what are you doing? <laughs> and it so. makes people, it makes people so uncomfortable too. It's really funny. Like the, like, no, you can just walk right over there. Yeah. No, no, no. Get on the path. Or even just like when we did that lesson where you're sitting in the, on the floor in the library and the police, the actual police came. Oh, the sitting, the, yeah, the sitting police. Yeah. <laughs> so weird. <laughs> Yeah. So anyway, um, nerds, thank you for being here. Thank you for listening to this. We, we 
we really take, we value you taking your time and we um, want you to know that listening to this is proof of work and that if you have questions, you can message us on Slack, right? Yes, keep and keep it simple when it comes to feet. A nerd with a deep understanding of feet will be able to explain feet incredibly simply, not overcomplicated. So I think that should be everyone's goal is to be able to explain to your grandmother how she can enhance her foot health without losing her with some crazy anatomy or stuff like that. Yeah. Just like keep it simple. That's yeah. much more effective. And uh, she's going to have get... enough. She's going to have enough processing the fact that you said go barefoot. So yeah, yeah, yeah. She's that's going to be a hump for she's her. So like, don't oh. confuse her anymore. Yeah. <laughs> so, or maybe she'll be like, finally, someone says what I wanted permission I... to do. Yeah. True. True. Anyway. Okay, nerds. Well, that's it for now. Chickadee chow. <laughs>